Good to see all of you, those of you on uh, Zoom and also the monastery uh, here in the Zendos, quite a few people, I don't know how many. So this morning's Dharma talk is titled what? You can rationalize anything. Uh, yes, you can rationalize anything. And we often do. And when we rationalize something, it's not that it is incorrect, but it is abandoning what's in front of us for why it makes sense, why it doesn't work, why it shouldn't be this way, why it should be that way, <clears throat> why it's totally all right, why it's acceptable. This, this is not acceptable. We're not accepting this anymore. Sound familiar? Had enough of this. Rationalizing. And, and it, it is caused by su uh, suffering, by pain, by f being mistreated by someone, or the perception that you're being mistreated. The perception that you're being mistreated still feels like mistreatment. It's not necessarily mistreatment. It could be any number of things. But from the point of view of if you are a student of the Buddha's Dharma, it is a teaching. If you want to just study Buddha Dharma as a, a concept or a series of intellectual discussions about the nature of reality, the nature of relative truth, the nature of ultimate truth, you can do that. But if you're a student, then there's different levels of learning. There's much, much deeper levels of learning, understanding, seeing. It's difficult. It's hard to do that. Some people have a horrible time with it. <clears throat> Since I don't have a very good memory, I'm, I'm pretty good at forgetting what a horrible time I had with both of my teachers, all of my teachers. There were more than just those two. But we can, we can take anything and turn it into something else so that we don't have to look at the, exactly what that is. As I've said hundreds of times, for sure, the primary difficulty, the primary misunderstanding, and it's deep, and it is well dug in is uh, feeling that because you have a body, because you have a history, because you have a mom and dad, uh, an intelligence level, you have this, you have that, you have a pet, you have all kinds of ideas, you have emotions, you have a love life, you have a love life that didn't work so well, then you have the love life that's working pretty good, you have the job that's terrible, and then you have the job of finding a job, I have a really good, really good relationship with my coworkers, my employees. It's a constant rationalization of everything. The whole world, as I'm sure you know, watch the news, rationalizing everything with different levels of justification. Some people understand that so uh, clearly that they'll actually use that rationalization to beat you over the head with lies and call it the truth. And, and they do it so much. Uh, it's, uh, the idea of repetition works in any direction. It works in, uh, to use this intense word, evil good it works if you want to manipulate things as Trungpa Rinpoche once said and I have to paraphrase but you can you can use this understanding this mind training to actually control people and become an oligarch or a dictator or a, you can use it that way powerful training so it seems to be necessary to see through the sitting practice and through our awareness practice, just basic shikantaza, and through looking at the concepts, the teachings, and, and their uh, their structures down through the centuries that come to us, uh, nothing comes from its own side as an individual. Nothing comes from any side. That means something out there, something in here. It appears that way, but it is not. Its ultimate nature is not separate. But we have to look at the at the the uh, discontinuity. Uh, ad nauseum until we eventually see what this fundamentally is and we no more war anymore it doesn't mean that you won't have anger it doesn't mean you won't have sadness it doesn't mean you won't have sorrow may when i say that the only difference being is that the understanding goes way beyond what arises in dependent origination what arises out of dependent origination, it creates the illusion of otherness of something over here is happening to something over there, and relatively it is. As long as if we didn't, if we didn't have anything but just a relative world <coughs> of uh, gushing waterfalls and forest fires, we could probably deal with that on some level eventually, maybe. 
but it's not just that. That's you're just in the you're just in the waiting room for reality. That's what this is. It's a waiting room. How are you going to spend your time here? Fighting with people in the in the at the other side of the elevator. You can. It's a, as they say. Well, it's a free country. Remember saying that to your fellow children. <laughs> free country. Somewhat free. <clears throat> so it is about seeing this, not about changing it. Because if you change it or you uh, work with it in such a way that you no longer rationalize, which is impossible, but if, uh, if you if you just see the rationalization without adding more fuel to the fire, without adding without without pouring water on it without burning it, without doing anything with it, just let it have its own its own nature. This is called Rang Zhang, self-existing. It's, it's, it kind of looks like, when you first start working with that, like, well, it looks like everything has an ego. No, it doesn't. It just appears, it's appearance. The appearance is the otherness, which if you see what it is, is it just has its own appearance. It's just a pure appearance. You can't really talk your way into this. No one can teach you uh, into this. Although there are a lot of teachers that work that way and uh, they're not incorrect. I'm not saying that, but you have to, in order to see what this is fundamentally, you're gonna have to do it yourself. And a true teacher or someone who's teaching out of what they're seeing uh, will be able to, with your permission, always with your permission, will be able to help you uh, do that by giving you kind of feedback that will help you. It might not help you this year, next year. It might take you years and years to understand what that teaching was. Can't really rush anything. And we will, as I've talked about lately, my uh, my my Zen master, Gobanchino Roshi, uh, it's a very simple teaching from him. And it took me years to understand that because I would rationalize this way. Well, it must be because. You no, know, maybe it's because Maybe it's because rather than look at the, the mistaken identity that was suffering and trying to cover up anything, rather than, than be have some kind of, what, what is the, the word? Uh, some kind of self-effacing, stop covering up and receive what is showing up in front of you. You are nobody and you think you are somebody. You think you're really important because you've studied under a, a Vajra master and you have meditation students. I have all these credentials. <clears throat> very, very challenging. And each person has their own challenges. Each person has their own difficulties in working with this, their own ball of wax in the mind stream and the, the whole logos, uh, the whole idea of this means that means that. And this, and sometimes people are so clear about that. They make it into a whole, you know, uh, silver mind control or Scientology, or things that you've heard about that I haven't. They're not incorrect, but their, their correctness is strong uh, relativity that keeps you from seeing more deeply into uh, the true nature of who you are. In other words, rationalization. Take it to the wall and see how long that works there. I'm not saying it won't. It will work for years, possibly. We don't know how many lifetimes. And again, as I try to do this as a little bit of a qualifier, I don't really believe in past lives or future lives. I don't even believe in this life. I don't believe in much. That doesn't mean that because I'm this kind of free person who doesn't believe in anything. Those are intense suffering is showing up here every day. It just doesn't appear to uh, an individual who's concerned about <coughs> getting rid of it. You're trying to get rid of your suffering, it's going to be difficult you, because you'll have some successes. You'll find ways, many artificial ways of covering that up. You, you know, I, I don't have any say so about anyone other than what you give me. This is why we have monks. This is why we have strong vows, commitments. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. This is my life is about this. I'm going to do this. No matter how much, how much uh, the, the thought patterns turn into scrambled eggs, and we just don't know where we're at, what we're doing, who 
we are. And so we, if you're uh, well-favored enough to stumble into this path, then you return to the Buddha, return to the Dharma, return to the Sangha, over and over, 2,500 years of this, probably more if we know more about the history of the spiritual path. So you can rationalize, because anything that shows up, we, I'm sure you've all noticed, we all have different ways of thinking about that. We're looking for the one that's the most correct. And of course, that correctness is also rationalization. That's why relative truth has, is so incredibly magnetizing. It draws us into right and wrong, up and down, back and forth. This is right, that's wrong. So this is why you, you have to do it with your awareness. You can't really do it. We don't want to get rid of the thinking process, the analytical mind, but to just settle out, well, this is right. This is what I, is what I need to do, or this is what I don't need to do. If you asked any person who's fully ordained as a monk, not that other people who have no precepts at all aren't incredibly committed to the path of awakening, the path of understanding, the path of the Buddha. But if you put someone on the spot and relatively, why are you doing this? They won't really know, but they'll give you some kind of a formula. They, they won't really know because if they really know mundane path, if they know, if you relatively know, it's like voluntary being lost. But Jeez, I'm bothering. How do we relate to mundane situations that we have to encounter without abandoning the spiritual path? Just do the mundane situation. As it says, the traditional way of addressing that is before uh, awakening, chop wood, carry water. After awakening, chop wood, carry water. Just re relate to it just directly. When a mundane path challenges our preconceptions, how do we um, include that into the spiritual path? Uh, if, if you're on the spiritual path, everything is the spiritual path. Chop wood, carry water. There's nothing to, you can't do anything but, uh, but include it. If, you're, if I'm understanding your question, is that different than what you're, I'm just saying, everything's included. It just doesn't look like it. Because then their idea of the spiritual path uh, may be some kind of seeing lights and seeing the complete oneness of the universe and some kind of fancy uh, stuff. And so not that that's not available, but if you actually see that, it's very ordinary. It's very mundane. If you see ultimate reality, it's not flashes of light and being zapped by things. More? When we're working with a relative situation, it's in a sense, easier because there's all sorts of evidence and indicators. How do we yeah. see the spiritual part of that when there is not the evidence and indicators? Thank you. Yeah, this is why you need a teacher. Not me. I'm not here to promote anything. I have 15 or 20 students. That's enough. I don't need any more. I'm not here to market myself or this monastery or this teaching. What I am here to say is find out who you are. You may need to have to go study under Adyashanti if you can get an interview with him. You may have to study under, uh, so, I mean, I could name a bunch of people. You could, the Dalai Lama, Thich Nhat Hanh, there's all kinds of famous people. Go there. If this looks fishy to you, get out of here. How many times have I been saying this lately? This is not, I teach out of what I see. And I'm not asking you to believe anything. And I've been... I don't know if I've been told, maybe accused of my the tone of my talks. Nobody will tell me what it is, but the tone of my talks. I've been getting something about the tone. And uh, yes, yeah. I'm, if you listen to my talks from 2010, 2011, or, or uh, a year ago, yeah. I'm getting close to leaving this realm, and I intend to teach to those who will receive. Uh, I have some students who are extremely close to me. That's why this, because I teach to what was in front of me. If you're ready to receive this, then I'm ready to teach. And then you'll, you'll, you'll just weed yourself out. I don't mean that you're bad, but if this doesn't work, please do something else. If this doesn't work, I'm all about, I'm, a, I'm, I am literally and figuratively and symbolically and wait for a few more and 
would you say? Put a black shirt on. Go get a black shirt and put it on. No. How dare you wear baby blue in the Zendo? What was I saying? Some words. What were they? Symbolically, literally, figuratively. And instructionally, I'm at your feet. Just doesn't look like it. Looks like the other way around. But it's not. I'm at your feet. This is about service to others. It's not about buying into anybody's bullshit. And this doesn't mean that I don't have some sympathy or concern or deep <laughs> emotion around the situation you're going through. If you've talked to me very much, you probably can see that I'm interested in helping you. It may not show up the way you would like, uh, some kind of literal falling at your, at your feet, but it's kind of literal because there isn't anything but this. And so everything is literal and everything is symbolic and everything is uh, as a, uh, unending dimensions to it. It's like a dream that you're, you've suddenly awakened inside of a dream and you see what this is. Then you realize that you're what your true nature is. And if you realize it, you begin to encourage other people to see their true nature because you see the confusion and the suffering they're dealing with. Did you leave? <laughs> and it, it, I'm scolding, uh, um, what's his name? Brandon, Klein, no, not Klein, no, Wilson. And Brandon's been coming here for about years, 15, 20 years. No, we haven't been here that long. <laughs> but he's been coming for a long time. Now he's going to look for something black to put on. Somebody want to go help him? Yeah. There's all kinds of black things hanging out there with sleeves. So, go ahead. Cheese, I'm bowing. Um, a lot of times a relative situation is charged with emotion and the seduction of the emotions is overwhelming so how can we not get rid of the emotion but yeah. not buy into the emotions it's, uh, yeah it's it's the middle way and how do you do it you, you have to do it with the sitting practice of meditation I'm, I'm not saying there aren't other ways but i don't the only thing i know is to sit down and just receive just receive what's covered whatever's coming up in your mind stream without adding on, subtracting, without doing anything with it. And sometimes the intensity of that is, it, it's it's like it's just practically impossible not to abandon that, to rationalize something about it. But to stay with that, you really won't know what it is other than that it doesn't feel good or hurts. But you, if you try to turn that into some kind of a, a rational, rationalized understanding, it's gonna be difficult. My tone is starting to change again. Yes. When you're bowing, is the mental chatter that may arise in those situations an indication that we've left or abandoned the feeling? No, that's a sign of awareness. It doesn't matter what arises in the mind stream. You are, you are slowly changing your allegiance, so to speak, over from the mental chatter and from the warfare, from the opinions and from the... Uh, validation, justification, rationalization of anything, it's still there. It could become more intense, but your your true nature is just observing. You have, you have finally understood your true nature. You're no, no longer at war with anything or at peace with anything. No, no longer objecting to, agreeing, or fighting with anything. Shoto Bowing, does the teacher have rationalizations for their actions? Of course. <laughs> of course, rationalization, but aware of the of this, the awareness of the rationalization. You can you can track it down like you're doing, trying to track it down to see if the teacher is different than you. Relatively, they're not different than you. They're they are more immersed in samsara than you are because they're no longer fighting any anything particularly. Everything hurts. Everything is painful. Sometimes the teaching is put forth as uh, the end of suffering, the, four, the third uh, noble truth. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Now it's easier for you to hide. <laughs> you have a blue shirt on. <laughs> Thank you for bearing with me. Appreciate it.
Did I say that already? That's showing up appreciation. Okay. You're asking a question. Joe Bowing. Um, yesterday during the talk, you had brought up the um, that you might show up or the teacher might show up crazy, and you mentioned the crazy wisdom form of the Buddhas of the three times. Is that <coughs> a rationalization? Somewhat, and a justification, but it can help you. It's it's the the, uh, the awakened one that is showing up from the, the past, from the future, from the present. It's it's helping you using a concept, an idea to help you begin to break through your lockdown on on your idea of time, and your lockdown on the idea of the Buddha. You are the Buddha. Every one of you. How do I know? I'm looking at you. I'm telling you. But you have to realize it. You have to go into all the cover-ups. And some of those cover-ups feel like a sheet of lead over the top of you. So you start out by feeling that. And if you have a true teacher, probably the teacher is going to be pushing on that lead. Pointing that out to you. Look, look at the, look at the, at the incredible um, fight or warfare that you're protecting yourself with. Everyone has their version of this, of some sort. And people work with it in different ways. Some people run away from the teacher. Some people fall, the, fall at the feet of the teacher. There's no right way. Some people are going to retreat for long periods of time. Some people, as I did with Coben, just try to ignore it. Just try to ignore that I've, I've met a true teacher and am and, and, and frightened of it. I just can't go that far. And kept trying to recede or retreat back into my relative understanding, which wasn't wonderful, but it was safer. Questions on Zoom? Shazan. Shazan Bowing, when a situation is confused, confusing, unclear, and we're in a position where we have to function. How can we function if, if there's not the clarity around it? So uh, situationally, I, I would respond by saying, just don't do anything. But you're already saying you have to do something. So it, it, it's less is better. And one of the ways you can do that is just try to receive more, more uh, intimately what it is that's happening, the feelings, the emotions that are showing up in someone else, or in yourself in reaction to someone else and and don't abandon that for what you should do about it particularly if you're just on receive <clears throat> just a way of talking about it then you're receiving it and it's probably not going to feel good but then if you do if it does come time situationally or otherwise either interior or exterior whatever that means to actually do something it will come out of a of a deep awareness albeit painful of what this situation is and if it's if there's any kind of struggle of warfare, it will be lose the war, lose the war. This is a you may not have a teacher, I may not be your teacher, but when the intensity shows up, just lose the war. Don't fight with it. Whatever's showing up, as I've sometimes said, whatever shows up in your mind stream, your life stream, you have it coming. Not you personally, but the the impersonal aspect of Pratidya Samuppada or dependent origination, whatever's coming and going, we personalize it. This is a good thing, that's a bad thing, this shouldn't be, that should be rationalized, rationalized, rationalized. When fundamentally, as soon as you show up here at the age of whatever it may be, 25 or 38, whatever's happening to you is, uh, has, uh, is without uh, a singular cause. It's, it's, you could say it's causeless because it's not separate from anything. But it is a cause in that it appears. So when it appears, you have to look at it both ways. You have to look at what appears. This caused that. But then something caused that, caused that, caused that. 1,500 things, 15,000, 20 million things caused this one singularity called a human form. And you're it. Cheese yeah. and bowing. Is there a way to develop intimacy with ourself? Yes. Shikantaza. Simple zazen, simple 
uh, even Shin An Lakdong or Shamatu Vipassana also will do that. It just takes a long time because we spend so much time trying to create a meditator rather than just see what, just watch what moves. Meditators are already there. We need to stabilize consciousness in some kind of meditative jhana state or whatever. Not necessary. More? Thank you. Further questions? Pusheen bowing. Um, yesterday you mentioned the the triangle of like mind, body, and then I don't know if you called the third part consciousness or something else, but I notice I am in that triangle a lot where I'm just going about my day as body, mind, and then this other part right watching the whole thing. When we do that, are we separating something? Yeah, there is a separation going on, but you know, consciousness is completely agreeable. Uh, it'll, it'll, consciousness will go with you to hell and it'll go to, go with you to heaven and any other realm in between or beyond those. So consciousness is very, consciousness always finds its own form. Whatever the propeller is behind it, whatever the fuel, whatever the motivation is, it will go there and it can go there for, it can be at the bottom of the ocean tied to a, an anchor from the 17th century for hundreds and hundreds of years, relatively. And yet no time has passed at all. So my, my uh, triangular situation is just to give you some kind of a dynamic. It's not coming out of Buddha Dharma that I know of. It's just that there seems to be an awareness of the mind stream and awareness of the body. <clears throat> I'm not saying suggesting you develop that necessarily. You have a, a further question, Bushin? Uh, yeah, I, this, so the second part of that is just, I notice that triangle sometimes. So I'm wondering if I should be looking to see not separate in that triangle. I wouldn't bother. I wouldn't bother. I don't, there's no... You already are not separate. So that which is trying to find not separate is not separate. <clears throat> the realization is, uh, is, uh, it's like a, uh, it's like a Mobius strip. It looks like it has more than one side. Does it? The Mobius strip have two sides or one? Any physicists here or wizards? So the, the, this is the, Simply put, what is so astonishing about it is the illusion of separation of other, all these people, all of us together in different places, uh, using this technology to uh, connect in uh, Marshall McLuhan's global village. Here we are. Interacting with great di physical distances <clears throat> and beginning to look at the fundamental nature of this. And it's difficult because we we have all the what you would call maybe karmic baggage of how we were treated how we were abused how we weren't abused how we were treated wonderfully by our parents how uh, you have a uh, uh, two parents who are just wonderful and they have three sons and uh and one son is an angel one son is not sure which direction to go and one and one son is a uh, very uh, demon-like shall we say and 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 so but they're looking at we have to raise them correctly or something. Uh, a lot of confusion in that area. It's, it's very difficult without a spiritual path, a true spiritual path. Very difficult to meet what is arising in in your in your kitchen with your uh, close intimate people or your. It's just very difficult to meet that where it's at without projecting onto it and then meeting what you think it is, where it's at, and thinking you're meeting where it's at, and you're seeing the truth, and you just rationalize yourself into believing in a projection, you think it's real. Thinking projections are real is the very nature of a projection. If you see the projection, uh, it starts to come apart. And to ego, that can be frightening if that ego has been using a projection uh, for a long time. And the one that's the most terrifying is the projection that you think you are someone. You think you're a separate being with some kind of autonomy or some kind of civil rights. 
Yoda. Sure, like if we think we're seeing our projections, is that another lamination? It could be. But that's where to start. Then we look and we say, <clears throat> you might say to yourself, is this a, I'm seeing this, this is a projection. The example I often give of, of a projection is uh, if someone walks into the Zendo into the, into, or into your living room and with a scowl on their face and instead of just observing the, their face, and maybe not even going to the word scowl, maybe just ex observing that, receiving that, receiving that. Instead, we jump to a conclusion which covers up the face for, I think they're mad at me. Why would they be mad? It must be something I said yesterday. Well, that one thing I said, I didn't really mean that. I should have apologized. This happens in lightning speed. You all know what I'm talking about. And then you could go the other direction and say, uh, uh, well, maybe have an upset stomach. Or, Are you sick? Are you okay? I mean, all the dependent origination is so incredibly elaborate in that, that area that it's very difficult to see that there's no solid being there. And then there's the other one, which just doesn't know what's happening. Bowing. Uh, you might hear someone even say, oh, I know this is my projection, but and use that as a preamble. Mm -hmm. So what is it to see a projection that's not a, a rationalization of it? Well, you just used it. How would you, how would it look to you? How would you explain it? Say, I ask you the same question. What would you say? You would say, as Ashoka? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? questions mark bowing yes mark uh i just got a, a communication from a mentally ill guy that i've been helping and uh, he told me to delete his contact information and that i was old and worthless and it's made me very kind of nauseated and um I, i'm wondering if i should take this personally <laughs> yes it's, it's not that you shouldn't take it personally. It's you're aware that you're taking it personally. You don't have to get rid of personhood. It's unreal. <clears throat> you try to get rid of it, then it will react as if it's real because you're pushing on it. But don't, don't get rid of it. Just be nauseatingly aware of how self-centered you are. Mark, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, you're, it's always about intention. And I know you well enough to know that your intention is to help people. You're, you're not only are you a doctor, but you're, you're involved in uh, a 12 step programs with, I don't know, several dozen people. Your intention is to help. Whether you help or not, that, and that, then we're getting into an area that's uh, um, um, kind of cuts into all of the intentions that were there in the first place. Don't look for results, not on the spiritual path. And you can. You can, as soon as, if you're on the spiritual path, every time you talk to anybody, it's a spiritual path. Oh, always, always. And this can be difficult. Katie. When it comes to helping people, sometimes the helping and the interfering, there's a fine line. How do we recognize that? Do less, don't do anything. Don't do it unless you have to. And then it, it will become, over time, sitting practice of meditation, training the awareness, uh, the awareness of how of how we receive what's moving in the mind stream, of what it looks like, how it moves, the energy, the speed, the direction, all of that. We become very, very familiar with our own mind. And we become kind of, uh, you know, watching that and watching that and watching that. And then if one uh, sees what this is completely, all of that stops. You no longer evaluate anything. You no longer think about anything. It doesn't mean thinking is stopped, but thinking is so situational that it's just the, the thinking just happens situationally. It's dependently arisen. There's no thinker anymore, as has been said before. Work on that. Less is better. Get to the wall. Train your mind. Study the Dharma. Study the concepts. Relate with the Sangha, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, the teacher, the teaching, as much as you can. Did you? A question from Shane in Virginia. Yes. After you began to realize what Coben was teaching you, how did you know it was an ego? I didn't.
further question, Shane? I didn't know. Jeez, I'm bowing. Is there an end to the path? Bowing. Doesn't look like it. And there are ends. There are ends, and then this, there are transitions and transitions, but no, there's no end. Jeez, I'm buying with, without an end. What What is the path? Save all beings. Put others before yourself until there aren't any others. And there's no self. There's no one. As long as there's suffering, the, the bodhisattva, the one who's on this path, as I understand it, so if someone can come and show me where I'm incorrect, uh, is to be with all things. Save all beings. Put others before yourself as much as you possibly can. And that also means that you also don't fight with yourself and try to make yourself into some kind of a saint. More? Jeez, I'm bowing. What's difficult is to not buy into the linear quality that we do with everything else. Yeah. How do we work with a path that doesn't go in one direction? Damn divino. I'll look to you. That's the path. It's not going to have, up to a point, it has markers, it has directions. The teaching person, he or she or they will come to them and they will point at that. But they can't, they can't rub your nose in it, so to speak. Thank you. So, what is nothing to do when there's no end? Same. Shoulder bowing. So, is there still stuff to do when there's nothing to do? Of course there is. You better get busy. <laughs> <laughs> of course there is. It's, this is why, so very simply put, and I'll say it and then ask me questions the rest of whatever time is left. It's not to. The two-ness is part of the, the two quality, the otherness quality is part of the illusion. And it's so intense that it is actually manifesting in physical organisms. But your true nature is, is not separate from the, the, or the human form, but it's not the same as that either. So it's not two. If you begin to realize that, if you actually realize that, uh, you're liberated. That's when the path begins. As Coben said, the, the path of Zen starts at the top of the mountain and goes up. First, you got to get to the top of the mountain. Another question from Shane. Was Coben's teaching a transition on the path? No. It was not. Somebody else had asked that question. I would have said, yeah, but not you, Shane. You're not going to be able to figure this out with my help. <laughs> it's interesting to see people's swords go in here and then they think, well, maybe I won't do that. I might get chopped to bits. So go around. So go what? you point to and your teaching everything about it is something i can't do what is effort on the path when you have more effort than most of the people i meet who are monks not to compare but i'm saying you're what you're calling what you're coming up with there is a, a closely anything but effort coming out of you all the time What is the sadness? Yeah, the sadness. Sadness is uh, has to do with seeing that there's no solid self. There's no solid being. That what you thought was real and was <laughs> some kind of a place to lean uh, is unreal. It's not there. And so there's a sadness. There's a sense of loss. Trump Rinpoche called it the genuine heart of sadness. Just a, just, it's a way of taking that sadness and include that rather than thinking that's some indication that you're not doing it right, you're, you're, you're failing. It's just a human heart. Sad. 
from this side, can it show up as being totally self-centered? Anything is possible. But self-centeredness is awakening. Not to, not to, not to. Don't believe a word I say, but investigate, look, see, watch your mind stream. Watch the mind stream come and go and come and go. Watch life come and go. Observe, 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 observe. Don't conclude. Don't exclude. Do nothing with it. And of course, we can't completely stop doing that. So, but to say that, then we'll notice them. That brings our awareness to that area of tension where we tend to grasp or conclude or come to. Like when something comes up, we call it sadness. But what if, what if that something came up and we had no name for it? I made up that word. What? Sadness? Yeah. Uh, so, Grandfather, when you look out over the Sangha and you say, say, all I see is the Buddha, would it be also correct ultimately to say, all you see is narcissists? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Not too. Not to, it's non-duality. Thank you. Thank you for your teaching. You think that was a teaching? Of course not. A true teacher never thinks they're teaching. If they do, they're full of it. That's why this is so hard. That's why if you meet this person face to face, uh, it's going to be pointed at. I can't help it. I have to point at it. I have to point at it. I, it's choiceless for me. This person uh, is already dead. The physical form is still here, but the, the, any other thing that showed up is someone. Otherwise, I couldn't do. I couldn't do this. I'm too self-centered. I'm too full of myself, and I'm too sensitive to other people's opinions. The sensitivity is still there. I'm still very, very sensitive to everybody. That's why I want to hug and kiss everybody because I want everybody to like me. You notice that? Notice that? Not two. I love you. I love you. You love me. I care about you deeply. Go ahead. When one awakens to what this is, does that self-centeredness become more environmental? You could. I'm not totally tracking what you're asking about. I'm, it looks like I'm making a distinction of self-centeredness before one realizes what this is and a self-centeredness after they see what this is yeah, but those aren't those are not uh, uh, before and after are gone also so you realize you've always been enlightened you've just covered it up covered it up you've always been you've always been the buddha you've always been the, the awakened one there isn't any two nor is there one but we have to use that expediently so we can even talk at all you you actually if you come to the so-called end of this path, you'll actually realize there isn't anyone else but you, and that's the Buddha. This might sound narcissistic. I don't mind. That, if it sounds narcissistic, then that book is telling you that you're not time, not ready for you to do this. Go do something else. Go ahead. It's just really hard to see that when an, an oligarch comes up with a particular kind of self-centeredness that seems destructive or um, oh. kills people. And yeah. Are you... You're saying what? Is that self-centeredness awake? It's taking the energy of that polarized dynamic and using it for to reinforce the otherness, the negativity. There isn't. There isn't. There, there's only light. Darkness is just the absence of that. There, there is no darkness. Kind of sounds kind of corny or romantic or something, but there isn't. There isn't anything but light. There isn't anything but good. And so when, when, it, when it uses the polarity, which is, uh, it does, it uses uh, the Vidyata, I can't remember his words around there uh, in that area, but say that this practice could be used, someone, uh, this the whole situation could be used to go the other direction because it's, it's uh, there's no picking and choosing involved there. Unless one starts to pick and choose, then it can be backed up. Some of the understanding that was happening in the uh, recent times, not only recent times, but the Peloponnesian Wars, which I mention all the time just because it was around the time of the Buddha. A lot of confusion, very similar to what's happening now of people in power. So relative 
our people using that relative power, using the karma that brought them into the world, uh, instead of becoming uh, to serve people, uh, help people, uh, would go the other way and uh, control them, enslave them, and in order to protect themselves from their um, fear, the fear of fear of that emptiness, that openness, that lack of reference point. Is another way of looking at that, or are you saying that if that oligarch type person were to awaken, they would continue to function that way? Uh, then we're getting into what is awakening and what is, you know, it's a, anything can happen. It's samsara. So it's just uh, anything can happen. I realize where you're going, and but we're starting to get into philosophical putting hairs and concepts and ideas, and then we have to go in and say, well, what do we mean by awakening? What do we mean? Awakening is not a state of mind. It is mind. There, there's no, this person you see here has difficulty, has emotions, has um, sadness, all the things that anyone else has here. Maybe, maybe they're more intense than they were 20 or 30 years ago. Just because there's no, I don't mind how I feel. It's like I'm not, I don't leave how I feel for what it might mean or what I might have done. Or it's just emotions coming out of nowhere, going back into nowhere, and that's happening with you also. There's there's no solid being anywhere. Or, yes. When you're vowing uh, as a bodhisattva, the three pure pre precepts be with all things. <clears throat> Yep. Good. Yes. When a bodhisattva is involved in a any given situation, is it possible for them to determine what's harmful and what's helpful? Um, and then each person uh, would would do that with whatever they had, do the best they could. Some people might might have a misunderstanding, or their understanding is there, but but the way to work with that might not be there. So they might see people being abused and think the best thing to do is start an organization that protects abused in that area. Uh, and, and it can show up anywhere. And it's not that it's not relatively correct, like the water protectors uh, trying to keep the, those big people that, that are only interested in money and power and don't really give a damn about the Great Lakes. They don't care about people. They don't care about anything. They just want money and power. How do I know that? It kind of looks that way. And these People are trying to uh, using what they see to do good. So that's, but it is a relative situation. And so each person is going to do good uh, and not do harm based on the first two of those three uh, precepts uh, as best they can with what they. You know, so the right and wrong is kind of beside the point. You just do the best you can with it. If there's a teacher there, then that teacher might, uh, and you're. A student of that teacher, that teacher might have a different idea of how to work with that. What you hear me say all the time is train your mind. Don't go and start making signs of, you know, or go into the political area without having pretty clear, you don't have to be particularly, um, uh, you don't have to be, have to live up to some kind of enlightenment standard, but where you can go and uh, march on Washington or whatever it may be, or carry a sign, a protest sign. But it would be a good idea to work with your own aggression so that you see the aggression. You don't have to get rid of it, but see that that's there and that gets triggered. So when you go out to do that, you have all this aggressive, aggressive anger coming towards you. You don't lock and load and decide it's, maybe it'll just be easy to kill all these people or, or do something. Uh, and sometimes when we see uh, in the political situation, see the incredible kind of, you could call it self-control that people have in the midst of absolute horrible crap that's flying at them and they just they hold their seat you could say well, a lot of discipline to do that We're, we aren't those people aren't going to go to war but they're also not going to sit still for this crap i don't have to go into de political detail about anything so i'm saying yes do some of that also spend some time sit down face the wall tra train your mind and then when you get up off the cushion to be very literal about it when you do go in that direction uh you've already dealt with some of your neurosis some of your aggression so you don't because it's so easy for that to be, if, you have, if you're hiding out from it, then the aggression that's out there gets triggered. And then you start you know, meeting that aggression where it is with what? 
more aggression, more warfare, spins and spins more. When you're bowing in a situation, is it in the attempt to be with all things, the Bodhisattva's responsibility to uh, receive the projections of the person or thing that's in front of them? Perfect. Perfect. Does the does the Bodhisattva have responsibility for the perception of others as to what's happening? Paraphrase again. Again, I'm going back to the harmful and the helpful, the, the distinguishing. Okay, so that's why it's very simple. Do harm, or don't do harm. Uh, do good as far as you understand it, without meddling with people. You could actually be supportive to someone looking at their neurosis rather than try to be supportive them, to them uh, by pointing out their neurosis and helping them deal, deal with it that way. Unless it's a Dharma teacher, that, that's going to be a lot different. A Dharma teacher could actually hit you, but it would, you might not be able to receive that. Go ahead. When you're bowing, so when that's delivered, that harm or help? Yes. Does the the Bodhisattva take responsibility for the response? The Bodhisattva is just like anyone is. No one's to blame for anything, but we need to. We're, you're responsible for everything, so you have to respond to everything as if it was your own child. You have to respond. So it's not about blame. Blame is uh, polarized and just keeps the whole structure going of materialism and relative truth and right and wrong, up and down, back and forth. And like the, the scale, the justice scales for the, even then the blindfold, I would say, we can keep the blindfold, but let's get rid of those scales to measure, balance things artificially more. Responsibility, the ability to respond. In other words, whatever happens, you're there, you're with that, you're observing that instead of saying, well, that's none of my business. No, everything is your business. That doesn't mean you need to be nosy. You need to see, receive what's happening and notice that as you receive what is happening, notice the way your, your fear-based mind, whatever is left of that, if anything, uh, starts to add on things. It's like uh, something's coming your way that, is, that is, has its raw quality and you or we add something onto that to help protect us from the, the heat of that insight. Go ahead. So, Good and bad, happy and sad. Go ahead. A question from Marco. When you say this person is dead, does that mean that true nature observed ego to death relatively? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you could talk about it that way, but I, I wouldn't describe it that way. It's it's not. This didn't happen to that. So the true nature observed this until the ego died. Ego doesn't have to die. Ego's unreal. You have to see, you have to see that it's unreal. So then, then you can function uh, in such a way that you're that you help people who are suffering and are, and are trying to live out of their crazy mind right up to the time that they die. If you find out who you are when you actually physically die, uh, it will not be as big a big big of an occurrence as you think it will. How do I know that? I don't know. I see it. I, I'm looking at it all the time. Sure, Bonnie. Were you always dead? Yeah, so were you. Life and death are not separate. So you're dead, you're alive, you're dead, you're alive. Lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, showing up, going away, showing up, the body-mind complex showing up, going away. Is that true? I don't know. I'm not concerned about relative truth, but I'm not going to take my eyes off from it, or my, my nose, or my taste, or my ears, or my fingertips. The Buddha tried to show that in a simple gesture, mudra. The daughters of Mara, delusion came, and scolded him and said, made, made fun of him. Uh, you don't know what, you haven't realized anything. What makes you think you realize anything? And he put his hand into the ground or into the earth. This, this earth is my witness. Is the earth a witness? Yeah, you're sitting on a huge 
ball of dirt in the middle of nowhere rotating around a much larger ball of fire also in the middle of nowhere. Take a look at that and see what this little tiny dot of consciousness is. Carmen bowing. Yes, Carmen. When faced with psychological diagnoses, um, it can feel like judgment or like a hook. What is the way to see these labels of depression, PTSD, fill in the blank, without subscribing to it, thus like being more apt to act out in it? Yeah. Well, you know, um, Carmen, just the way you're asking a question tells me you already have quite a bit of space around that. You see that they're labels. You're able to ask that question. <clears throat> I say the only thing that I would recommend to you is, a, I don't know how much you're doing sitting meditation, but sit as much as you can. So the insight you've just shared with us about that, these are meant to help people, but quite often they're used to cover things up. That person is this, or this person is PTSD, or that and it actually stops the investigation into the nature of consciousness and, 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 uh, uh, um, and strand and makes it stranded. It's stranded in concepts. It's not that the concepts are relatively, relatively right. Of course they are, but, but it's about making money and controlling people. That's what these are about. And not, not in every case are people who are able to use these uh, concepts and ideas in a skillful way and still work with a person where they're at. It's probably more unusual and rare. And these people are not going to be celebrity doing that. There's no celebrity in doing that. There's celebrity in writing books and publishing papers and, and talking about PTSD and, and everything else. So and back coming back to your question, I would just say, you already are aware of that. The very best thing you can do is train your mind to sit a lot. You can't, you can't, I'm not saying you can't, but it's much more difficult if you're sitting uh, a few hours a week or something. You live close to a monastery. I think there's one near you, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, so what would they, they say on the prices, right? Come on down. There's a seat reserved for you. It's very ordinary. It looks exotic. It may look like some fantastic understanding, but it's, it's so ordinary that it's, uh, it's a relief. It's a relief to see how simple it is. And uh, going back to your, uh, all of those PTSD or depression or so on, I would say, try to remove, don't get rid of the label because it's also an, uh, illusory, but you can move the label back kind of in your mind stream, move that back. What, what, what is the word depression covering up? And through sitting practice meditation, you may not get a, an answer like it's depression or it's uh, some other fancy Sanskrit word, uh, but you might just get the feeling, the texture of it. It's almost like listening to music. It's like you, how are you going to describe, uh, say your favorite song or some song emotion that comes up when you hear that song, you can't take that emotion and put make it into a concept although people write about that stuff all the time you know, film critics uh, make uh, take what they see and make it into a bunch of concepts about something not wrong just more entertainment other questions i guess not So we can end today. No more questions. Thank you so much. Thank you. so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.
perfections of three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. Bodhisattvas of the tender actions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.